Just tell us what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all party about to happen gentlemen welcome ladies and gentlemen to this fine radio program podcast and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world famous smoking and toasting our program is all about craft beer fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars and uh, and a few other things but primarily about those things and we're all very happy to be uh, discussing and partaking when it comes to those things uh my name is cruz my co-host is ian perry uh engineering on the wheels of steel is jong and adam is our producer in the cloud we are all glad to welcome you happy to welcome you uh, to our 322nd show, but show number two of being on the air everywhere on, uh, on broadcast the air radio, everywhere, all the around sounds. the country. And uh, people have been asking me, so what stations are you on? And I have to reply, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I like your response better, though. Uh, I've, been no, getting, I've been getting that all week, too. What, yeah, what stations are you on? I, I have no we idea. have no idea. They haven't told us yet, but we're on a network. That already has affiliates. So we're on the Audio One network, which I think originates out of Dallas, Texas. So they have affiliates. And so as long as those affiliates don't have something else that they want to run at two o'clock on Saturday afternoons, they get us. We're kind of like, we're kind of like, we're, we're kind of like the booby prize though. You know, <laughs> you don't have something better. Y'all can have that uh, smoking and toasting. <laughs> smoking and uh, toasting. So, yeah. So uh, we're excited about today's show. We're going to be talking about cheap vodkas and expensive whiskeys on today's show. And we'll be drinking some whiskey. I'm uh, really excited to taste I this. Like and, and Ian, you know, often talks about how I am uh, thoughtful uh, and will clear the uh, the plastic away from the neck and uh, sometimes even clear some of the uh, liquid away from the neck of a particular bottle uh, in order to, you know, for safety concerns. To mitigate spillage. That's and, right. And, uh, and, and for safety, for ocean. Right. And, yeah. and also, you know, sometimes with the plastic on the top, you can get that nasty mm -hmm. little plastic cut. Right. You know? But today, Ian, I have thrown caution to the wind and you will have to be most careful, sir, because we've not opened this one. I, so. can, I can handle this. Okay. You know, I, I, I've, I've actually done this like twice. Yeah. So today? I feel like I feel like I can. Today? Make this happen. <laughs> Took me a minute to catch it. Well, yeah, uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good one because we're trying the Oak and Eden. I say it's gonna be a good one. I'm excited about it. I'm anxious to taste it. It's Oak and Eden finished whiskey. So what the, this particular whiskey does is they take their uh, whiskey and they finish it with like an oak stave uh, that has been prepared with some you know some kind of different uh, barrel conditioning type uh, uh, type uh, uh, finishing and today's is a rar and sons so this is a rye whiskey and it's finished in a rar and sons uh, oak not in the barrel but with the rar and sons oak stave inside the stave there. in the bottle even. So you does can see it, it does it say on the bottle in what particular rar and sons uh, beer that was uh, uh, that was Dadgum soaked spire Dadgum soaked spire, which I, I'm guessing is like stout. An American oak, Roaring Sons, dadgum spoke, uh, soaked spire. Okay. So dead gum. We'll uh, we'll find out more about that as we get a little closer to sampling the whiskey, which we will do on the program today. We've also got some really interesting beer. This is a substantial beer. bottle, by the way. Yeah, like, it is. It's heavy. It's heavy. I know. I know. It's very interesting. So I'm, I'm really excited about uh, breaking into that bad boy. Uh, from the Texas Beer Company in Taylor, Texas, we'll taste their Wild Texas Kolsch uh, on the program today. And uh, from Harpoon Brewery in Boston, Massachusetts, mm. and Windsor, Vermont, like Harpoon. we'll try their Juicier. Easy IPA. Juicier. Juicier, yeah. Now, uh, for me, Harpoon IPA, when I moved to Boston years ago, 
that was what got me started on IPAs. Harpoon and was, IPA was my, is an absolute was staple. My absolute favorite yeah. uh, drink for years and years and years. And, and still, I love it very much. And then from Left Hand Brewing Company, Longmont, Colorado, uh, we'll be trying their Imperial Stout that's called Wake Up Dead. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, I haven't yeah. tried that. So, Left Hand makes the, uh, the milk stout that's just outstanding. And they make the nitro stout, nitro, too, which is a, nitro a, milk a, stout, a yeah. big deal. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, really excited about all this. Left Hand is a, a, a really a very good brewery. I, I like everything I think I've tried mm-hmm. from those guys. So looking forward to all of that. We'll talk cigars, of course. We'll talk cheap vodkas and expensive whiskeys. And something we're doing on today's show for the very first time is we'll be delving into what we like to call not the mailbag, but the email bag. Even though the, email doesn't come into in, in a bag. bag. We'll be answering some emails. So I'm very excited about the email bag. And I don't know if you want to give us a preview if you want to wait, but Ian has composed an email bag song for us for the segment. Is that is that's, that a tease? That's my teaser. Oh, for cool! It, yeah. I, I'm I'm very excited. Speaking of teasers, we will also on today's program uh, be bringing you our most uh, most popular segment on smoking and toasting, as we have mentioned uh, before. Our most popular segment, which we do a little later in the show, is something called drinking news. And drinking news is uh, is a story that we've taken from the news headlines, um, not fake news, at least so far as we know. These are legitimate things that actually happen, uh, but they're stories that are uh, often, but not always, about drinking. But they are always stories that are best enjoyed if you've been drinking. And today's uh, drinking news teaser headline is... It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Are you okay? You seem like you had a, a, a out-of-tune note there. <laughs> it, was, it was actually perfectly in tune. It was just okay. wrong. It was just the wrong note. Okay, gotcha. Perfectly in tune. Just I'm not, playing jazz today, just man. Just not quite right. Yeah, I understand you're expressing yourself, and, right. I, and I, I appreciate that about you. Uh, also on uh, on today's program, we'll tell you about some more uh, cigars to watch for. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, the uh, former president and presidential candidate, has now uh, basically kind of given a backhand insult to people who work in cigar shops. And so we'll tell you about that. I'm not sure where that came from, but uh, uh, all of that plus 15 rare beers that are worth tracking down. And Shiner Beer, uh, right here in our home state of Texas, has opened up a barbecue joint. So we'll tell you oh. a little bit about that. That sounds, you know, barbecue from Shiner, Texas doesn't sound like a bad deal, does it? Man, you could drive this. There's a few stops in Texas, and not far from Shiner is. Um, is Gonzalez, Texas, yep. and the Gonzalez City Market. Yep. Oh, the barbecue's great. The cheesy potatoes are worth going out. Of the I told way you for. about. It. I drove all the way to Shiner to go to the brewery. They were closed. Yeah. They, so then they're not open on uh, weekends. <laughs> on the weekends, right? I know. Yeah. How crazy is that? Uh, maybe they maybe they should start now that they're going to have a barbecue joint. So we'll tell you a little bit about all of that. Uh, it's been a very interesting week in uh, in all things. Uh, spirit, beer, and cigar, and I'm sure, Ian, that you've probably had the opportunity to smoke something interesting this week. It's would funny be, you should ask. Would I be correct? Yes. So I went by uh, Casa this morning uh, on the way here. That's Casa de Monte Cristo. Yeah, yes, yeah. Casa de Monte Cristo. Many fine people that are buddies of ours. Yes, they're there. so nice over there. And um, uh, and I wandered through the humidor. I was like, I kind of want something different, something a little outside. And uh, and I stopped and got a Southern Draw. Um. Oh, which Firethorn. One? Oh, the five and had the Firethorn. I'm actually very interested to see what you thought. So the Firethorn, this was the 6x52 Toro, mm-hmm. uh, Habano Rosado wrapper uh, from Ecuador, uh, San Andreas uh, uh, binder from Mexico, and Nicaraguan filler. Mm-hmm. 
The appearance on its reddish-brown, smooth and oily, small veins, dual bands, and red closed foot. Pretty nice cigar. Like, good, solid feel overall. Um, not super firm, but not uh, soft either. Felt like a well-made cigar. Uh, the pre-light sniff on it's got earthy uh, notes, sweet uh, sweet notes, some orange zest, some cedar going on. Uh, on the pre-light draw, I used to... Um, I, I used a punch and it cracked the foot a little bit. Oh, I hate when that happens, yeah. That sucks. So I, I said, well, I'm not going to try pushing that through. So I used a clip. Okay. So I clip it. Um, and uh, uh, I got a light draw on it. Of course, I expected a little bit of uh, resistance from the closed foot, which mm-hmm. opened up almost immediately when I lit it, but we'll get to that in a minute. The. Um, uh, I got sweet baking spices, caramel, earth, cedar, leather on the lips. Just a fantastic smell overall. Nice. Um, Bold and spicy uh, on the initial light. Big cedar notes, massive smoke. Retrohale is cedar and spicy sweet. Um, uh, cedar really drives the uh, 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 really drives the uh, palate on the first third of this. Rich and spicy notes, sweet and earthy. Uh, the a bit of orange zest, light toast, sweet caramel, and hints of dark fruit going on all the way nice. through. It's a very complex cigar. Mm-hmm. A retrohale is cedar and sweet pepper, solid ash. Had a good burn at the first third of this. The second third of this, um, cedar, caramel, sweet, tangy earthiness revolve around a toasty center of baking spices mm-hmm. and dark fruit. Underlying pepper keeps things nice and spicy. Uh, this was probably medium to to full. In in flavor on the palate. This was mm-hmm. not a, a light cigar, just FYI. Um, the uh, retrohale is peppery and cedar with sweet toast, solid ash, uneven burn. Mm. By this point in time, I had to attend it a time. And this was certain... box press, right? No, this is not a box press. No, it's press. not. Okay. No, not a box okay. press. You can see that in the picture right here. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, last third of this, uh, the crack in the cap is a bit annoying, but manageable. Um, the burn is uneven and needs periodic tending. Mm. And I can actually feel... A warm and cold side of the draw this when I take a draw good. on this, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever yeah. had that before? Absolutely that was, have. It was yeah. really weird because, like, you could when you take a draw, one side of it was cooler, and right? One side so, of it was so for example, hotter. your top lip might get warmer, but your bottom lip not right. so much. Yeah, it or, was very bizarre. Or vice versa. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I've ever consciously noticed that mm-hmm. before. In a I cigar. have had that happen before. And I was like, that's really, really weird. Um, so dark fruit moves forward along with bitter zesty citrus note. Uh, toast and baking spices remain consistent. Retrohale, sweet cedar and pepper spice. Solid ash, uneven burn. Mm. I tended that burn quite a bit, actually, uh, along with and the crack cap. I wouldn't be expecting that from Southern Draw. So uh, I wasn't either, and and I was a little disappointed by that. So uh, the the price on a cigar was $11. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving it a 3.5 because of my smoking experience uh, with the burn primarily because the crack cap could just be my fault, even though I've punched many cigars and not cracked them. Right. Uh, but I'm, I'm not even going to take the crack cap into consideration on that. But the, the, the tending it and the annoyance of all that was was really knocks it to a 3.5. Uh, at $11, if I didn't have any uh, issues with it, I probably would have given it a straight five. It was right. a great flavor. I love the flavors on a cigar and, and really enjoyed that part of it. And for those who are not familiar with our price-to-quality ratings, it is a 1 to 10 scale, but a 5 is a good rating. It means it means you got what you paid for. Yeah. So if you rate something a 5, it... Uh, uh, it's like saying, it's, "Yep, it's, it's really spot good on. at it's it, really at its good price at its point, price." Yeah. Right? If we rate something above a five, it means it really punched above its weight class right. and uh, delivered something that could have potentially been uh, more expensive, and you almost wouldn't have 
minded. Right. Not not that anybody wants to pay more, but you understand. Right, right. Had you had you uh, bought it at a higher price, you wouldn't be going. Oh, I got you know I got ripped off on this one. And then finally, at a three point five, you're not saying the cigar wasn't good. You're simply saying. Yeah, compared to other cigars you smoked at eleven dollars, yeah. this one didn't quite yeah. measure up, and so that's a, that's a it's an interesting uh, interesting thing because I would not have guessed when when you said Southern Draw, I'm immediately thinking no, I love Southern. This Draw. is going to be a five and, or a six. And at again, least, I'll, you know? I'll tell you, I love the flavors on this, but the smoking experience mm-hmm. was was not great. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then you know, I'm finding more and more most cigars, I, I, very few cigars that I smoke these days have I been disappointed in the flavor. It does happen. But very few disappoint you there. It's the construction and the yeah. smoking experience yeah. that uh, is potentially more questionable when I have one that's not as good. So uh, I went uh, the complete other direction <laughs> from, a, uh, from a pricier cigar. I did an El Cheapo special, and I will tell you about that when we come back. Plus, we'll start drinking and uh, we'll get into our discussion about inexpensive vodkas and expensive whiskeys all to come on today's episode of smoking and toasting thank you for listening we'll be right back Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Mm. By the way, uh, we're just able to confirm before the show uh, started today uh, that our special guest for next week's show is none other than one of our good friends and our cocktail expert here on Smoking and Toasting, Mr. Chris Morris, will be oh, joining he's us. he's so fun. And so he will do one of two things. I can guarantee you this. He'll either come and mix us a cocktail so elaborate and crazy that uh, it's just like impressive from the get-go, or he <laughs> right. might come in and go, "Here's a simple one everybody can make at home," because he's certainly capable of both. I mean, he can do. He could put the what was that movie where Tom Cruise was the bartender? The cocktail, yeah, yeah. cocktail. Yeah, he could put Tom Cruise to shame. I've actually cocktail. never watched that movie. Yeah, I, I've only seen like uh, pieces of it. Believe it or not, I've never watched it. <laughs> but I've seen you know excerpts of them, you know, shaking around the shakers and all that kind of stuff. You know, Tom Cruise, it's very talented. Guy. He can fly jet airplanes. He can uh, uh, manage uh, football stars, and he can even, uh, shake up a, uh, a cocktail every right. once in a while. I guess he's had to learn to do all of his own stunts. Uh, well, welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. This is show number three hundred and twenty-two <clears throat> for us. We are very excited about our program. Uh, our second week uh, uh, syndicated. Ian told you about mm-hmm. his uh, told you about his uh, cigar earlier, and I want to uh, bring mine to the table, but I do so with a little less fanfare because <clears throat> it's an El Cheapo special this week. I think is important. the brand literally called El Cheapo? No, but it, al- it, it almost is. I, <laughs> I smoked the JR Cuban Alternative to the Cohiba Robusto. Oh, that that, <laughs> that almost exactly translates to El, El Cheapo. Cheapo. Right, I don't know my so, Spanish all that well, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it's close. So if any of you have ever shopped at JR Cigar online or been to their store in New York, which I have, uh, you know about the JR Alternatives. They have a JR Alternative Blend. For almost every blend of cigar that exists today. It's amazing. <laughs> and JR says on their website that the JR Alternative brand has been has been their best selling brand for over 40 years. Wow. So this this these alternatives, these El Chivo knockoffs, basically, uh sell better than the brands that they're <laughs> that they're made to knock off of. If, There's if an irony there, right? One. There certainly is. Uh let me read this to you from their website. All right. 
JR Alternatives are handmade cigars that are crafted at the most prestigious factories in the world with 100% long filler tobaccos from famous brands such as Macanudo, Excalibur, and Monte Cristo. They're available in an array of sizes and blends and made to be as close to the real deal premium blends as possible. That leaves a lot of room for interpretation. There's some wiggle room there, yeah. Uh, These alternative cigars are economically priced due to their bulk manufacturing and less expensive bundle packaging. Plus, they're just as good as any other top-quality brand on the market. And as to the J.R. Cuban alternatives, they are blended differently using primarily Nicaraguan tobacco, according to J.R. So let's get right to basics here, all right? These are not just as good as any other yeah, top quality any, brand. Anybody that says it's just as good but yeah. cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, probably, that's probably, Yeah, probably want to scratch your head about that a little bit to begin with. So so right away I can tell you they're not just as good as any other top quality brand. They're just not. But that said, they don't cost as much as those brands either, not by a long shot. And here's another, or the other, I suppose, elephant in the cigar lounge. Uh, I've smoked Cuban Cohiba Robustos before. Had a good friend that sent me like half a box one time. Nice. Just like, hey, I was thinking of you. I was like, man, I have such good friends. You should think of me more often. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this is not, I mean, it's definitely not a real alternative to those Cuban Cohiba Robustos in the sense of it being anything like them. Now, I suppose if you were to apply this description really loosely, it might work. Like, I don't have any Cuban Cohibas in my humidor. So as an alternative, I'll smoke this one. You know, you could probably qualify it that way. But to me, the real question is, look, they're cheap, okay? Are they any good? Are they worth it? So that's what we'll go for in this review. The cigar itself was a little bit rustic, as you can see here. Uh, Certainly more so than a real Cuban Cohiba is likely to be. Uh, It was nicely packed, appropriately spongy when I squeezed it, and wrapped with the JR Alternative Band that you can see there. I use, and by the way, for those of you listening on the radio, we have a video version of this. It's on YouTube if you ever want to see what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We show examples of it and stuff. Uh, But anyway, um, I used a punch cutter, and I checked it out. Really nice pre-light notes, deep tobacco, and a hint of leather. And those same two along with some earthiness when I did the cold draw before I lit it. When I first lit the Cohiba Robusto Alternative, my initial puffs reminded me of back when I first started smoking cigars. Uh, I enjoyed the tobacco taste and aromas, even though I didn't know the first thing about detecting tobacco notes and flavors, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So that's kind of how this was. Rich tobacco, but not a lot of identifiable notes. Now, once I got it going, I was able to pull out uh, a pepper note through the basic tobacco flavor. And I'd also say there was a bit of a wood note underneath. Let's say oak. That's what it seemed closest to. Not a lot of subtleties beyond that, but certainly not unpleasant. The first third smoked well. The burn was uneven, but not problematic. Draw was good. Overall flavor was pleasant. I worked really hard to see if I could identify any additional notes in the second third but the vibe stayed basically the same a little bit of pepper tang on the tongue so yeah did did seem like maybe it was nicaraguan tobacco ash was a bit flaky but fell uh, held on well enough about halfway mark on it i got a less pleasant note and actually checked the cigar to make sure the band wasn't burning uh, but, uh, but <laughs> i've I had, done that before i hadn't smoked it down that far yet fortunately that particular note did not linger and the final third maintained the same um you know flavor profile not a barn burner uh, not unpleasant it did get a little harsh toward the end but most of the cigar was actually quite enjoyable. So I took a look at some posts online 
from people who had smoked JR alternatives. And I found that a lot of inter, uh, entries that talked about them not being consistent from cigar to cigar. Uh, one reviewer said uh, uh, he thought that there were several different tobacco blends even in the same bundle of cigars that he had bought. With regard to the particular one I smoked, the blend seemed a bit one-dimensional, but I did enjoy the flavors. The burn wasn't perfect, but it wasn't an issue in the enjoyment of the cigar. The room note wasn't one that's going to you know, get you a lot of compliments from non-smokers, but it wasn't bad. So if it seems like I entered this with lower expectations, you're darn right I did. <laughs> that's exactly what I did, in fact. Uh, but that said, I, I really can't say the cigar was a disappointment. And that, of course, is mostly because of the price. Regular price for a bundle of 20 J.R. Cuban Alternative Cohiba Robustos, $51.40 oh. for 20 By contrast, J.R.'s price for the Drew Estate Factory Smokes, the Drew Estate Super Discount uh, brand, in the Maduro Robusto is $38.95. Uh, so that makes these a little under $2. That makes those uh, a little under $2 per stick. And the JR Cuban alternative to Cohubo Robusto, about two fifty. It's easy for you to say. I enjoyed uh, factory smokes from time to time, although they do have that slightly funky note. Occasionally. Uh, that uh, I can't identify. That's not my favorite. That note was not present in the JR. So I'm going to say it really depends on what you're expecting. If you're expecting it to be anywhere close to the experience of a Cuban Cohiba, you're going to be wildly disappointed. <laughs> but for a dog walker stick, Something to yeah. smoke when you mow the lawn, or as I do sometimes when I'm driving with the top down. Not a bad option. Your cigars might not be consistent throughout the bundle, but all that said, I'll recommend it for the right situation. And as for price to quality, it's pretty hard to argue with. Based on the particular cigar I smoked this week, I'd give it a price to quality rating of a six. Definitely worth two fifty. I just don't expect it to smoke like a forty dollar Cuban Cohiba. Not happening. Or an eight dollar AJ Fernandez or Rocky Patel. Right. Yeah. So, all right, we got to take a break. We're running a little overtime, and we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting, uh, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, the program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My uh, drinking partner and uh, fellow showman, uh, Mr. Ian Barry, is with us here today. And uh, Ian, <laughs> uh, this would be like, talk about a nightmare trip. A guy named uh, uh, Adler, uh, Mr. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Ambler. Ambler. I, I don't have his first name, but his last name was Ambler. Uh, was on uh, an airline recently, a United flight. Checked in, uh, checked his baggage, which included a sealed bottle of uh, of whiskey. And not just any whiskey, by the way. It was the Glenmorangie A Tale of Cake. Are oh. you familiar with the Tale oh, yeah, of Cake? Yeah, yeah. I have a bottle yeah. at the house. Yeah, yeah. So you know, this is, you know this is not an inexpensive whiskey, right? right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's not like it's, um, you know. It's fantastic, though. It's, it's uh, 449 pounds uh, on Amazon UK is what it sells for. So Really? Yeah, yeah. So that's so pretty expensive. So I bought mine. Uh, pretty expensive a year ago, yeah, and I remember coming in at about ninety dollars. I think so. I think you got a good deal, or at least it did. Or, or, or got it when it came out before everyone went. Yeah. Holy right. crap! This yeah. is good. Yeah, exactly. So it was sealed when new, <sighs> and uh, he put it in his bags uh, and checked his bag, which is you know the appropriate way to travel with something like that. Uh, <clears throat> when he got to his destination, and. Uh, Opened up his bag. His bottle of whiskey had been opened, and a third of it was gone. <laughs> what? <laughs> so he got back with the United Airlines and says, hey, at United, bottle of expensive scotch in checked bag arrived, opened, and a third gone. No leakage. 
It was sealed new and packed when packed and seal broken by opening. Your baggage handlers are thieves. <laughs> Can oh you imagine gosh. them going through there going, hey, dude, check it out. Bottle of whiskey. <laughs> so Let, let's have snake. some. <laughs> just take some. It's one just thing if the bottle is open, you'd be like, oh, maybe I did drink a little more than I thought. Yeah, but yeah. But come it's on. Not, it's not, not like they, even opened. Not like they took it out of the bag and kept it. They took it out, poured themselves a number <laughs> of drinks, and then put it back in. Yeah. So somebody uh, filled their flask. Yeah. So I felt bad for Mr. Ambler and thought I would share his story. If any of you have uh, similar stories or things that have happened to you, we do have. And by the way, we're going to be opening up the email bag on today's program. We're really excited because it's the first time we'll be doing this. Uh, We'll be answering some of your questions via email. You can email us very easily. The address is ST, that's for smoking and toasting, ST at rfcmedia.com. And remember, you can email us about anything, questions about something we you know, talked about or reviews, questions about um, you know, how to uh, light a cigar properly or, or something like that. Uh, or just dating you know, advice. It could be, yeah, relationship questions. Uh, uh, is the earth really round or flat? Things like that. We'll go, we'll go for any of those. We're, we're happy to jump into the fray and, uh, and try to knock one down for you. So our first beer to taste today is the Wild Texas Kolsch. From the Texas Beer Company, you are obviously slightly ahead of me on this endeavor. I'm doing research, sir. Yeah. I'm so, doing research on, on said beer. What is your research? So Wild Texas so Coles, um, uh, brewed with solar and people power, comes in mm. at about 4.8 percent alcohol by volume. Um, <clears throat> Hill Country Conservancy uh, here forever, proud supporter of. Um, let's see, one percent of purchase goes to Hill Country Conservancy until um, until December of this year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. With a minimum $1,000 donation. That's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like donations. I like this uh, this this can. They have the, the kind of a greened out uh, countryside, hill mm-hmm. countryside, and the blue bonnets, of yeah. course. And, uh, and those of you who are not from uh, Texas, which I know, you know most of you aren't, but uh, Texas, the blue bonnet is almost like a sacred flower in Texas. It blooms every spring. spring. In fact, the, the blue bonnets are already in bloom well, the, in the hill country You now. can do what, the, what they call the blue bonnet trail, too, mm-hmm. through hill country. Right, where It's right. unbelievable, like the fields and the, and the hills just just bloom in this color. And I don't know if I've ever seen a blue bonnet outside of the state of Texas. Have you? I've never. No, I don't think I don't so. think I ever have. I mean, I'm sure, like, like you get up towards, because uh, I've seen them as, as, as north as Dallas, so yeah, maybe yeah. you get up towards Oklahoma, maybe. You maybe. Bono. I don't know. I don't um, know. So, uh, yeah, so... Uh, this is back nice. To, back to the Kolsch. It is nice. I was going to say I'm for it. Uh, it's It's got a nice crispness like you want a Kolsch to have. Yep. And uh, it's got a little uh, a little flavor on the finish letting you know it, you're not just drinking some sort of macro beer light. Yes, it's know? got a malty roundness that it finishes with it. I kind of like it. It doesn't finish bitter. It finishes with a malty round kind yes. of sweetness to it that, I, that i'm kind of enjoying yeah and i know i know you're a malt guy i'm a hops guy you're a malt it's, guy it's lacy and but sticks to the glass this too. has got enough of both i think to keep us both happy no it's, it's enough nice hops, yeah. enough it's, enough, uh, it's enough got a little bit malt. of hop to, to crisp up the finish but it's got that roundness to sweeten it up too i'm uh, i'm actually really enjoying this now we are not familiar with this brewery at all uh, no, I, this yeah, is this a new is the one beer I've had from them. Uh, and there are so many breweries in the state of Texas now. I, I think there's so many breweries I think, everywhere. I think that's happening everywhere. Yeah, you I know, think like, it is. I think, I think if, wherever you're listening to this from, uh, you probably are standing close to quite a few breweries. So one of the things that has happened in the craft beer industry over the past several years, including, I'd say, about a year or so prior to the pandemic, is that more and more 
very small breweries, which were basically large enough to be a small brewery and a tap room opened yeah. up. And they didn't worry about uh, distributing their beer in cans or bottles, maybe at first. And then when they even when they did uh, start to bottle or can their beer, they didn't have distribution into you know the grocery stores and and the uh, liquor stores and all of that. What we're seeing now is the maturing of the those ones of those little breweries. That did well, made it yeah. through the pandemic, just started to develop a following. We're seeing them now be able to get their beers into mm -hmm. uh, the Spexes and the uh, Total Wines and the other other places uh, where people shop for beer and spirits, as well as in some cases the grocery stores. And so you're beginning to see things like I bet these guys were around just as a tap room just a few years ago, and if it's not in our area, that's why we hadn't heard of them. Right. Now, now they're branching out and they're in stores, and so we're seeing a lot more craft beer making its way into stores. What's interesting about it, though, is as uh, local, as locality becomes more and more of a thing in craft beer, as as the stores where I shop, for example, seem to carry more and more regional beers and Texas beers. Yeah, most places have a little regional section right. now. Yeah. It's really cool, and I like it, except it's offering less shelf space for what might be some great breweries from other parts of the country yeah. that we're less likely to get to try. Well, you were talking about breweries and breweries doing uh, breweries doing their distribution locally and things mm -hmm. like that. I think there's a large uh, bunch of breweries out that don't even think so much about distribution mm -hmm. and just want to be that local tap room. Like, this is we get this big, we sell out to right. maybe some local bars. Sure. And if they do distribute, they, they're not worried about going too far outside of their realm mm -hmm. um because i think that i think that that whole idea like like from way back when where breweries you just go down to your local brewery and have a beer is, is coming back yeah i think so and uh particularly in the restaurants and bars that are kind of in the radius of that yeah. like i was in uh, baton rouge and new orleans this weekend and uh uh Every place I went, you know, you had the typical mac macro brews on tap, and then there would be some local and regional breweries that I was not familiar with, some that I was, but mm -hmm. some that I was not familiar with. And that's what I had a tendency to always want to try right. and sample because those are the ones I haven't had. A, and, man, I had some good beers. In fact, uh, I brought a few back with me that I'll uh, be bringing on the show oh, in okay. subsequent weeks. But uh, Urban South has some great stuff Urban going South's on so there. Uh, Parish has uh, some great stuff. And even Abita. I found an Abita beer. Uh, that we will taste uh, probably on next week's show. That is one they sell only in Louisiana, oh, even though okay. some of their products are sold. Yeah, you can get them pretty regional. Uh, yeah. And Turbo Dog, I think, is their Turbo one of their Dog. That's yep. a great beer. and Purple Haze. And Turbo Dog Haze, and Purple yeah. Haze are their two big ones. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but they're a great brewery. We uh, we look forward to trying uh, some more of their stuff. This particular beer is called the Boot, and the reason the it's called boot. the Boot is uh, that's what how the shape of Louisiana is described right. sometimes as the the Boot on the foot of uh, of the U.S. So. Anyway, I'll be looking forward to that. That, that it was uh, it was a really good weekend of drinking, as as uh, <laughs> New Orleans trips often are. Uh, but uh, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, still to come on today's program, we're going to do uh, a couple things. Uh, we of course will be bringing you a drinking news. We promise that, and we'll be delving into the email bag. Now I mentioned this uh, earlier, but the email bag is. We're doing this for the first time on the program. We used to do the show 
live on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And we always had a lot of people commenting in the comments section that would roll as the show went on. Uh, now that we record the show in advance, which is part of what we have to do for, uh, you know, in order to send it up to uh, our syndication company uh we have to uh we have to find a new way to interact with listeners so yeah, like, if you we wanna, miss you bruce we miss you Brian. yes we do you need to uh email us both of you guys if you want to take Liliana. issue if you want to take issue with something we said do it st at rfcmedia.com st at rfcmedia.com if you want to agree with us if you want to disagree with us if you want to uh you know tell just us how hi. wrong we are if you want to just say hi yeah uh tell us about something you like tell us something about, about something you didn't like uh, <clears> these <throat> are all great things and then you know as we said earlier if you need relationship advice this is we're we're here to help <laughs> we're, we're definitely the help. ones to go to yeah. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah you got that right uh so anyway a lot a lot of good things to come uh on the program today including by the way uh we'll be telling you about about the five best vodkas under $30. And then we're also going to tell you about 12 expensive whiskeys that are worth the splurge. In fact, we'll be getting into a little bit of that coming up. So I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, Ian, off the top of your head, what's your favorite inexpensive vodka, would you say? So, I, you know, I go local. Fox and Seeker. Um, yep. And... Yep. Um, uh, it's, it's pretty much just go local. Uh, so Dripping Springs, Fox and Seeker yeah. are pretty much the ones. Dripping I Springs is is definitely good, and I'll add a, a third one to that. Again, local to our area, so everybody might not be able to get it. But there's a vodka called Space City Vodka. That so I haven't tried that one. one. I remember you telling me about that. Absolute favorites. We'll have to. Well, you know, one thing we have not done, and perhaps we should, is a vodka blind taste test. There's that. That would be kind of fun. Or uh, a vodka, you go blind taste test. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the thing about vodka, man. You it start off being able to see. You know what? You don't have to be blind. You can see the vodka and not know what it is because it's all clear. I was at a uh, restaurant in Las <laughs> Vegas. In uh, <laughs> I, I started the the casino is Mandalay Bay, but for some reason I was about to tell you I was in the casino called the Mandalorian. I don't oh. know why. I don't know why I was about to go there, but uh, in any case, they had a restaurant. You're a nerd. They had a restaurant there called Red Square, and they would bring you like a flight of vodkas. The vodkas would come in test tubes, and the test tubes were set into this frozen red brick of ice, which was uh, which had little holes for the test tubes to go in. Uh, so that was the first time I ever did any like uh, vodka side by side like that. But that would be a very fun uh, show to do and declare, you know, what's the smoothest, what's the tastiest. There's a lot of different ways vodka is made. So Smooth. All right, we got to put that we got to put that on the it's, uh, it's going to be on the, on docket, the planning yeah. calendar, on the docket for future uh, and still to come. Expensive, uh, inexpensive vodkas, uh, expensive whiskeys. And uh, as if all of that wasn't enough, ladies and gentlemen, more tastings and drinking news. It's all on the way. In the beginning. So Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. So I'm going to talk about spirits while Ian pours some craft beer. Uh, the uh, the beer for this segment is Harpoon's, me with a good time. Harpoon's Juicier Hazy IPA. All right. So uh, an article from Insider Monkey. Uh, the five best vodka brands, they say, under $30. And they start with number five. They give it a score of six. I guess that's on a one to ten uh, scale. Uh, number five is Grey Goose Vodka, uh, which they put the average price for the 
750 milliliter bottle at 2409. Yeah, I would agree with that. Grey Goose is, is solid is a perfect way to describe it. It's not my absolute favorite, but it's one you can always count on. Like if you're at a bar and you're ordering a vodka drink, they ask you what vodka you want. You may ask for a couple and they don't have it. You can always go, do you have Grey Goose? They always do. And you're always. Like Grey in, Goose is like a shit. three on a neutral scale of one to five. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Uh, scoring an eight. Uh, out of 10. And at number four on their list is Tito's Handmade Vodka, which comes out of Austin. What's your position on Tito's? Where are you, where are you well, at? Well, you're right. It comes out of Austin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but Tito's, to Tito's me... Tito's has a little mystery uh, about yeah, it as yeah, to where yeah, they're made. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so I, it, they, they call themselves Texas Craft Vodka. Mm-hmm. And they come from Texas, but as far as I understand it, and you know, hey, email me, yeah, if I'm wrong. But as ST far, at rfcmedia.com. ST at rfcmedia.com. Yeah. But uh, yeah. as far as I understand it, it's made in Indiana. I've heard I've heard this rumor as well. So Tito's is certainly an Austin, Texas based uh, that company. That doesn't doesn't make the vodka bad. It just means it's a little misleading. Average price a little over nineteen dollars a bottle. Here's my thing on Tito's. I really like Tito's. However, as you know, and as you regularly mock me for. Uh, I like vodka martinis, which you claim are not even martinis, but they're something. See, I like else. martinis. You like vodka martinis. See, this, this is, is See, this is where this goes every time, right? Uh, but I like vodka martinis, and I like Tito's vodka for certain vodka drinks, but it's not my favorite for martinis. There's something about the flavor of Tito's that I feel like doesn't work quite as well in martinis as some others. That's just me. But but that that comes. I do like Tito's though, and it comes in on this list at number four. At number three is Stoli Stoli Knaya is the way that you Stoli. Yeah, Stoli is uh, easier to say. Average price of about twenty bucks. Score of uh, eight. Uh, it's one of the brands in the Stoli Group's portfolio. It is a Russian vodka, and it's been around since nineteen thirty eight. I don't know if you knew that. That's number three on the list. So at number two. And I want to disagree with him on this one. I wouldn't have put this on the list. I definitely wouldn't have put it this high. Smirnoff. Nah. Yeah. I, I think it's fine. But I will only go to Smirnoff if all the brands we just mentioned are not available. That's that's like a number one on the neutral list. And I'm not sure which direction the neutral list goes. Yeah. You can, like, that's subjective. They gave it a score of nine. Uh, and it's, uh, like, there's nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't rate with the others to me. That's just my opinion. Number one, let's see what they did. Kettle One. Kettle One. What's your take on Kettle One? I, I can go with Kettle One. I like Kettle One. Kettle um, One's fine. Kettle, again, It's a Dutch vodka. Yeah, Kettle One's... There's there's a lot of vodkas out there. There's just so neutral that I don't make a lot of distinction between them. Right. Like, to me, once you get to the 20 to $30 mark... I don't know that there's any difference. Right. It, it may have been distilled more times or whatever, but you're not going to have that much uh, that much difference in the flavor, right? Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's like that. Uh, and so if, if you're – I think my brother would disagree. He's he's a fan of, like, better vodkas and things like okay, that. Okay, so this settles it. We are going to do a vodka blind taste test. We need to start thinking about who we want to invite on as a guest to do that test with us. And I'm already thinking uh, about uh, Maria Todd. Yeah, I just I just think that when you start spending a lot of money on vodka, like you're distilling out flavor, and and better right. vodka is just more distilled out and less flavor. Vodka is the tofu of spirits. Yes, it doesn't come with a lot of flavor of its own, 
but it absorbs and and enhances yeah, the flavor. And, of what and you put I'm in. not discounting that there's there's a place for vodka. Vodka mm-hmm. needs needs to be there for certain drinks. You yeah, know? right, right, absolutely. Like you can't have a vodka martini without vodka. Absolutely. Although it's better with Citadel Gin, dude. Uh, Gimlet. Yeah, the Gimlet. Gimlet yes, that's correct. a vodka yes. thing all the way, yes. and, and it works. Uh, let's talk real quickly about this uh, beer. This is from Harpoon Brewery, one of my absolute favorite breweries. You were, you in were the halfway world. through what I poured. I'm it, assuming you like this. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm digging this in a big way. This is 7.2%. <laughs> it's a hazy IPA. Uh, obviously, I'm the IPA guy. It I'm, does not I'm drink 7.2%. No, it doesn't. How do you like it, though? I like it, actually. It mm-hmm. has a fruity pebble mm-hmm. and bitter finish. I don't, yes. I don't know how else to describe it. It's It's got this fruity pebble thing right before you swallow, and then a bitter thing that just happens, yeah. but the fruity pebble kind of lingers. Harpoon, it's really kind of good. I, I believe this is a seasonal. I don't think this is available year-round, so grab it while you can if they have harpoon near you. Yeah, it's also round and and uh, and juicy, like uh, citrusy juicy right and up delicious. front, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just delicious. pretty good. I like it a lot. All right, we recommend it, and we will be back to recommend more to you, including a little... Uh, little whiskey tasting coming up, and it's time for the email I'm going to go for bag. a big whiskey tasting. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And by the way, if you're joining us for the first time, and I know a lot of people probably are because this is only our second week on broadcast radio, Welcome to the show. We are so thrilled to have you uh, listening. We are definitely not experts on any of these things, but we do have opinions. And so we'd love to share them with you. And uh, thank you for allowing us to do absolutely uh, that. One of the things that happens here on the program, besides the uh, smoking and the drinking, is that we have a, a certain number of features that people seem to enjoy. One of them is drinking news. That will be coming up here in a couple of segments. But right now, we're actually launching a brand new feature where we go to the emails that you send to us and try to answer the burning questions of the universe in a little uh, segment we call Cruising Ian's email bag. So uh, you asked me to write a song for this, and I did. I, yes. I just wanted to make sure that um, I wrote it some. Uh, that wrote it? I wrote. You wrote words it. Words is hard. Yeah, words are <laughs> that hard. I, <laughs> that I wrote something that had enough gravitas mm-hmm. to to get across, you know, what we're trying to do here. Sure, so, sure. So this could be I, a very serious segment. I, I just want you to know. So, so, I, so my song is not as... Flippant as it could be, you know. Not, maybe not as flippant as the drinking news song. <clears throat> That's right. Drinking news is, you know, it's very drinking news. You right. Yeah. You'll, you'll hear that in a minute if you haven't heard it before. But, uh, okay. So we're going to start off, you know, a little minor key at the beginning. I got you. I'm with you. And here we go. There's a little thing that started out small. And as a listenership numbers began to crawl The more we talked, the more we watched it grow Hey man, I think that thing's gonna explode It's Cruise and Ian's email bag a way for listeners to share the thoughts they had. It's an easy thing to do on your pad or your phone. ST at RFCmedia.com. 
And there you go. I like it. Sorry, I wasn't ready. This is my first time hearing the song, and I was all wrapped I, up. I might in have it. messed up a chord or two. No, in there. I was all wrapped up in it, and I wasn't wasn't ready for my cue. Listen, I know. It. So the hours uh, and days that I spent on that since <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> yes. um, I, I just want you to know the hard work and effort that went into to writing the song. So yeah, I'll make sure we, we appreciate that. Thank yes. you, sir. All right, so let's go to the email bag <laughs> and see if there are some questions here that we can potentially answer. Our first one uh, comes from Rhonda T. And by the way, just uh, so you know, my first idea for a song when, yeah. you, when you talked about the email bag, it made me think, okay, well, maybe we have an email sack, and it was going to be something about "Don't touch my sack." But <laughs> let's. This is what I came up. You with. took it a little more seriously. Yes, I appreciate well, I just... that. I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, uh, you are welcome to use a fake name. Uh, if you don't, I will uh, at least try to determine what your name is, either because you put it on there or uh, or. You know, because it's in your uh, your email address. If you don't, just, if you don't use a fake name, we might make one up for you. Well, exactly. I got to call you something. So today's uh, today's first email comes from Rhonda T. And Rhonda writes, "Dear smoking and toasting," and I'm saying that because she left the G's on. Uh, she didn't use the, the apostrophe. Yeah, that's totally not hip. Dear smoking and toasting, I've heard your show a few times because my brother, who gives me a ride to work sometimes, likes to listen to it in the car. Frankly. I'm a little surprised at the content of your program. You seem to almost joyfully promote smoking and drinking, as if there wasn't a single health risk involved in partaking of these things. I'm sure you know that people actually die as a result of tobacco and alcohol all the time, and even those who don't are exposing themselves to serious risk. How can you two, in good conscience, promote such a dangerous lifestyle? Rhonda T. Well, that's easy, because yeah. I'm a rebel. <laughs> I mean, come I'm on, I'm already daddy. a musician. Like <laughs> A rebel. Uh, uh, well, you know what? Well, I'm already a musician. Uh, yeah. Like, how much lower am I going to go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, come on. At least, at least you're not a DJ. Smoking, see, smoking so, makes me look cool. <laughs> I came up, my, my career, uh, you know, in, in the uh, business, I, I, I came up through radio. I was a DJ, and I saw recently that... Uh, and I'm not making this up. The most desirable jobs, DJ was two slots below rodeo clown. I'm talking <laughs> radio DJ. You almost made me spit out my yeah. beer. Now, now the uh, the spinning DJs they ranked much higher. Yeah, but, yeah, so that's uh, but the, uh, yeah, they're cooler. Uh, but anyway, no, you know how I answer this. Uh, you're absolutely right. There are, there are some dangers involved. There are not zero health risks to uh, to enjoying. Um, you know, alcoholic beverages or enjoying cigars. But let me ask you this question. Any health risks to uh, a hobby, let's say, like uh, parachuting, jumping out of a plane? Let's let's you know what I get. I get where you're going with this. OK, I see. What, I'm, I see exactly. I'm just saying people accept those risks when they want to try parachuting out of a plane. Right. Yes. Uh, people say, yeah, you know what? I know there's risk, but I really want to try this. It's something I want to enjoy. Or maybe I do it all the time. Maybe it's something I really enjoy. Maybe there's nothing else like that feeling of floating waitress while you're waiting for your waitlist while you're waiting for your uh, parachute to pop open. Uh, I don't know. But I just know that there aren't laws against parachuting and jumping out of a plane with a parachute on, nor should there be, nor should those guys be shut down because of the fact that they operate a business which people, you know, put themselves in potential risk when they when they use it. I mean, do you drive a car? Well, that's what I was going to say is there are entire industries built around the fact that you're going to be in a wreck. Right. 
Right. In like, fact, I saw a lot of those you're billboards. Going to be. Saw a lot of those billboards on the highway this week. You're going weekend. to be in a wreck. Yeah. And we're talking about from from collision. Uh, uh, repair, repair to lawyers, from, to lawyers, to to insurance. How much is your insurance? Come yeah, on, yeah, come on. Like to all that stuff. Like you're going to drive a car. You're going to be 100%. in a car. And cars. You know what? Unlike tobacco and alcohol, cars kill everybody. Right. That's right. Everybody, including people who are not using them. Now I know there's second smoke the and, and elderly. They kill children. They kill everybody. So right. you know, and I'm not saying that smoking <laughs> is what you should do. Right. But if you like to. Right. And that's what we're doing. Then you know, enjoy the show. Well, my my thought is just simply that in life you take certain risks. If you take zero risks with your life, you're going to live a very unfulfilling kind of life. Now, I'm not saying go out and throw every bit of caution to the wind. You know, I'm just saying you choose what risk you want to take. And those who may choose this particular risk, we like to uh, talk to you about it and tell you what we enjoy and tell you what we think is worth it. There you go. No. What What's we that? think is worth the risk, right? That's right. Yeah, and and just because it's worth it for me doesn't mean it's worth it for you, and vice versa, right? Uh, everybody's going to come in at a different place on this scale, so that's that's my response. So uh, I have absolutely no problems with my conscience about <laughs> doing the show. I mean, come on, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, here is an email from T Bone four thirty eight. T Bone says, "Hello, S and T." Love your show and have been listening since episode one fifty four. Oh, I, that's a while. Yeah, that's I, like that's like that's a, that's a number of years. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's, that's yeah. Because we're at three thirty. What are we three uh, three twenty three thirty two today. So, so not three thirty two. Three twenty two. I think it's three thirty two, isn't it? Am I wrong about that? I might be. Yeah, three thirty-three is coming up in June. Uh, that's so. right. So we're not at three thirty-two yet. Thank you for uh, straightening me out. This is number three twenty-two. In any case, uh, uh, T Bone has been listening since episode one fifty-four. So that's quite a while. He says, uh, "I heard you guys mention recently that you would answer questions about drinking, and even about relationships. And I wanted to ask you about something that is kind of both. I've been dating a girl who I will call Charlene for about six months now, and I really like her." But every time we go out to dinner or even out for drinks, she always manages to order the most expensive drink on the menu. I don't want to sound like a cheapskate here, but it happens every time. I'm a little worried she might be kind of materialistic, and I'm not sure in the long run if I can afford to keep making her happy, if that's the case. But maybe she just likes really good drinks. Like I said, I like her a lot, and I don't know what to do. What would you guys do in my situation? The real question is, yeah. does she order six of them? <laughs> that, is, that is a good question. Because if she orders one, like, I, I'm going to be honest with you. like I, That could have been me writing that for, for a moment there. Yeah. Uh, except for my wife's name is not Charlene. Well, Charlene is in quotes here. So right. My, my wife's was, name is not. Maybe this was you. Charlene. Anybody, anybody ever call you T-Bone? <laughs> <laughs> And nor am I going to call my wife Charlene because she'd get very angry. About yeah, okay, good, good to know. Like but no, here's the deal. Like, if we go out, she will a lot of times she'll order, and she doesn't obviously look for the most high priced one, but she likes a really nice drink, right? You know, and yeah. she'll get the high dollar drinks, right? But she doesn't do more than one or two, and then she like calms it down, and to then she'll more wander off to something else, yeah. or or she, she she just you know she's not slamming them back, so. right? Right. 
you know, generally speaking, by the time I've had three or four beers, he's finished her one or two. Now, so I don't, I don't know, like how it kind of kind of comes down to a volume thing there. You know, is, yeah. she, is she have like six of them? Because that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. And that's a problem in more ways than just your pocket. Well, sure. But also, if you think about it, that that can drink. You're, you take uh, somebody out to dinner. Let's say you're planning on spending a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars on dinner for the two of you. Yeah. What's going to escalate it higher than that? Let's say you go to a reasonably nice place, not ultra expensive, but, you know, someplace nice. Uh, what's going to escalate that above that mark? Real simple. Lots of expensive let's drinks. Go, let's go ahead and just point this out, right? Okay. Uh, when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and into my 20s, yeah. you could go out for $50 and have a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is $200 now. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That is two hundred dollars. So two hundred dollars. So now. Uh, that's uh, so that's a little something. So one hundred fifty on dinner is is like that's a nice dinner, and some drinks. If you go to an expensive place, and your drinks are going to put you way above that. Well, and then I would say also, what's your return on investment? If you want to look at it from a a purely business standpoint, uh, if you're spending this kind of money on our drinks, is is the feeling that you get from being around her? Is it worth that? Because if it's not, there's your equation right there, right? Uh, in other words, is she getting mopey and despondent? Right, right. Well, is she fun to be around? Does she does she make you happy when you're together? Like you, you know what I'm saying? There's there's a lot of things to um, there's a lot of things to go into here uh, that will let you know whether something's worth it or not. Now, if it's getting to the point where you can't afford it, then you got to sit down and have a little heart to heart. That's an issue. You know? But there's also another side to this, too. When you're first dating, you know, you go out and you have a few drinks and things like that. You also have to consider um, this is a good time to figure out whether you like the person yeah, you're dating yeah, right. when they've been drinking. Because if you don't, it ain't going to get better. That's a good point, right? You don't, you don't <laughs> want to get better. That's you, a red flag, buddy. You don't want to be at your wedding reception when you find out, ooh, this uh, this uh, uh, person I just married doesn't handle their alcohol very well. You know, you need to know that in advance. I mean, if you're going to be a drinker, if you're not a drinker, then not yeah. not a big deal. Have you ever been out with somebody that got completely wasted on the oh, first yeah. date? First oh, date? Oh yeah. Oh, first date, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so, and then how did you react to that? Do you kind of laugh it off and and give them another shot? Or did it... <laughs> I went out with someone that not only got a little too trashed on the first date. But I was sitting there wondering what the heck that smell was, and it was her breath. I was like, "Oh, that's oh, not good." Oh, you know what she could try. Now, we learned this I, in drinking and, then, and I'm just trying to like, how do I get out of this without like devastating people's feelings? Right, you know? right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Axe body spray, like the guy in Drinking <laughs> News last week. That's that's how you do it. All right, For breath. We are uh, <laughs> we are going to uh, take a break uh, and be back. We have uh, we have some whiskey to try, and I'm very excited about trying this Oak and Eden finished whiskey. Uh, Plus, we have some whiskey to tell you about, and that's the expensive whiskeys that are worth the splurge. We'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are glad to have you along for the ride as Ian uncorks our bottle of whiskey. I want to tell you about some uh, expensive whiskeys uh, that Yahoo Finance says are worth the splurge. Now, I don't know if you uh, take Yahoo Finance's advice about uh, whiskey or not. And Yahoo but, still exists. But perhaps you'll take it about finance. Yes, believe it or not. I not had that commercial, not, the Yahoo. Not as a search engine, of course, but although I think I do think they still have a search engine that no one uses. Uh, but no, they they are a news source and and uh, do a number of different things, and they have put together a list of uh, 
of whiskeys that are a little more expensive, starting uh, with a $49 recommended price. So they're including that as expensive, but it works upward from there. So at $49, their first recommendation, Breckenridge Reserve Blend Bourbon Whiskey. Oh, the okay. Rocky Mountains I haven't of Colorado tried the Breckenridge one. And the Breckenridge Distillery. It's a high rye uh, bourbon whiskey uh, aged for a minimum of three years. Number two, we've had this one, Heaven's Door Straight Bourbon oh, Whiskey. Heaven's yeah. Door is outstanding. Yeah, also in the $49 uh, uh, price range. Uh, and number three, Jim Beam Signature Craft Soft Red Wheat Bourbon Whiskey. Your thoughts, sir? Haven't tried it. Uh, uh, so it's a here's, $50 here's, bottle of whiskey. All right. So here, here the crazy thing about, like, so Jim Beam and Jack Daniels both have this thing. Right. Okay. That's standard Like their, their name label Like your thing. Jack Daniels Old Number 7 Black Label and the Jim Beam White Label mm -hmm. Regular Jim Beam. I, I'm not a fan at all. I think right. they're terrible. Right. Everything else they make is great. Yeah. It's how do they do that? I don't know. Like don't everything know. else they make is great. Because Jack Daniels to use the and old the number most seven. Popular of both yeah. of those. Yeah. And it's terrible. Prove <laughs> uh, so, me wrong. So let's try it then. The Jim Beam Signature Craft Soft Red Wheat. I would totally whiskey. try. It. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. I, I won't snob on it, man. Every like I said, mm -hmm. I used to snob on Jim Beam because. Jim Beam's like, meh. They say it has a little extra wheat kick in the mix, maybe favorable for some drinkers. Uh, number four is the Copper Sea Bontico Crag Straight Rye Malt Whiskey, uh, priced at about $73 from New Paltz, New York, in the Hudson it Valley. Smells like spicy bubblegum. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, maybe even a little cotton candy going on. Number there. five, Widow Jane 10 year old bourbon. Have you, found, have you tried Widow Jane? Widow Jane, I have. Yeah, Widow Jane, $77 uh, bottle. How much? $77 for um, the 10 year old. I don't know if I tried the ten year old or I don't know if is mm -hmm. the standard bottle of Widow Jane the ten year old or is it a different I don't, one? I don't think know. so. I think the ten year old is a is a, is a special up. one. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. I don't know if I tried that particular bottle then. At eighty dollars and number six, Eagle Rare ten year bourbon. Eagle Rare ten year is outstanding. Yeah, it really really it's good. Out, mm -hmm. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah, uh, and number seven at a hundred dollars, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Bourbon Whiskey. Yes. Yes. I have about a sip left in mine at the house. And, <laughs> it's so oh, good. It's so good. <laughs> I had $104, a Never Sink Select Bourbon Whiskey. I never Aged in that. barrels that were previously used for a brandy cider mix by Never Sink. Uh, strong notes of apple, they say, really boosted to a different level. I like apple. Highland Park, 18-year-old single malt. Oh, yes. At 175 Yes. Uh, is Highland number, Park number is on delicious list. anyway. Uh, Yamazaki 12-year-old single malt whiskey at $192. Yes. And uh, Jameson Bow, uh, Jameson Bow Street, rather, 18-year Irish whiskey. Uh, Never had that one. 200 bucks. Mm. Uh, and the McCollin single malt Scotch Sherry Oak Cask, 18 years, coming in at a price of $415. So I've had that. And it is fantastic. Now, what's interesting, what I liked about but this article. But that's gone up in price over yeah. the last 10 years, like by double. What I liked about this article is they didn't just go for the, here are all the ones you can buy for $3,000 a bottle. Like, these are expensive, but if you wanted to go after one of these, you could save up a little money and do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think of this uh, Oak at Eden? Well, we're going to talk about it in the next segment, too, I'm mm -hmm. sure, because uh, Ooh. delicious bubblegum wonderfulness. Ooh. Ooh, yes. We will be getting right back to this, and we'll be getting to some drinking news mm. coming up. That's really like a touch. citrusy finish on it? Crazy. Surrounded by a
Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Craft beer, fine spirits, hand rolls, cigars, and in this case, the uh, fine spirit is a whiskey with a spire inside the bottle. Yes. And uh, Ian, talk to me about your take on this Oak and Eden. We sampled this in the last segment, and kept coming back, I'm like, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop sipping this during the break. This is fantastic. Yeah. It's so this really is the uh, rye with Roaring Sons uh, rye whiskey finishing and Indian. Uh, Pale ale soaked oak spiral. Okay, so this was not soaked then in a uh, uh, you know something like a stout or no. like a strong ale. IPA. This was an IPA that this spire uh, spi- was soaked in. So. This rye whiskey is infused with an American uh, oak, Rar and Sons Dadgum Soak uh, Spire. It's mm-hmm. bright, fresh, crisp, and accented with notes of citra and lemon drop hops. Boy, I we get created the citra a lively on this. new take on whiskey. There's a lot more it says on here, um, but uh, but let's talk about this. Like, so the first thing, like on my nose. Bubble gum, like 100% bubble gum. I'm talking about like the stuff that you get when you buy the the uh, pack of baseball cards oh, yeah, that tops, has the weird the white dust baseball. on it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I like straight up and I love it. It's so good. And yeah. then and then it has little like notes of like toffee on the back end of it that are just fantastic. It reminds me a little bit. I, I guess it's There's the a, IPA finish, but uh, it reminds me a little bit of what was it? Uh, Glenfiddich? That had the IPA cask um, uh, yes. whiskey. Uh, yes. The difference, though, is that this is a rye, so it starts out much spicier. Right? Yes, and then this has that brightness because it has a little bit of sour from the hop mm-hmm. kind of flavor thing. Uh, like you almost get that, and it's got a citrus kind of finish Big to time it. On the finish. Yeah. This is it's bubblegum. It's citrus. It's so many good things that. Um, you might not get to take this home, my it's friend. It's a quite excellent bottle of whiskey, isn't it? It's really good. What yeah. did what does that what, what you does know, this go for? I, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I was trying to remember because I bought it several weeks ago, despite the fact I haven't opened it yet. Uh, That's I wanna bizarre. Say, I want to say it's in the sixty dollars. Uh, like this range. is outstanding. Yeah. I will buy this immediately. Yeah. They directly affect themselves. They also uh, in their uh, uh, hubris have a. Uh, a dongle on here that says liquid gold open to see our most recent awards with just a list of awards that mm. they've gotten. Mm. Um, but you know what? Damn. It's really mm-hmm. good. Like it's real good. It is good. And not only is it good, but it has, has a little of that sort of like magic pixie, pixie dust uh, effect. Yeah. You know, uh, after you, after you swallow it, you're like, I, I feel nice. Mm. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? And that puts us in a perfect place to refill our whiskey. I'm going to let you do that because I got a song and, to sing. And go for a little drinking news. A drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. I love Rowdy. A reminder for those of you who are uh, new to the program, the Drinking News is where we bring you a, uh, a yes, please. Uh, it's where we bring you a story that uh, was in the news someplace. These aren't from The Onion. They aren't made up. Uh, a story that was in the news someplace that uh, we are bringing back to you that is sometimes, although not always, but often, about drinking. But it is always most appropriate to hear, to consume, to listen to when you've been drinking. 
That's and, a beautiful thing. And today's drinking news story brings a fresh perspective to a slogan you may have heard recently. It, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Remember, we've talked about that on this show. It's the Michelob Ultra slogan. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Just out of curiosity, how bad were the slogans that Michelob Ultra's ad agency suggested, but that they didn't go with, right? They didn't decide to use. <laughs> I mean, to be worth... To be a fly on right, the wall yeah, in that meeting, sure. right? Can to you be, imagine? To be, worth than, to be worse than it's only worth it if you enjoy it. I mean, they must have been unbelievable. We can only assume that they must have rejected ideas like, why have water when you can have watery beer? Or, or, <laughs> or maybe low well carbs, done. low calories... Low taste. <laughs> or maybe even Michelob Ultra. Because you didn't really want a beer anyway. <laughs> but have to be that. delivered in that, you know, that, that kind was, of that was well, yeah, that was voice. Because you really didn't want a beer anyway. In any case, America's favorite beer-flavored water is a part of today's drinking news story, where we report on, wouldn't you know it, a Florida man... Who got himself in trouble with the law a little earlier no, this no, year? Forty-year-old <laughs> Michael Serrata caught Florida deputies' attention when they came upon his car on a Cape Coral road just before midnight one evening last month, according to the Lee County Sheriff's Office. As reported in the Miami Herald, when the officer's car approached Gleason Parkway, something caught their eye. It was a black 2018 Mercedes-Benz C300 sedan parked in the right-hand lane facing southbound. There was no traffic at the time, and the vehicle had its lights on, blocking all traffic on that side of the road. According to the report, the vehicle was, quote, just sitting there. It also adds the deputies crept up behind the car and tried to determine if it had been abandoned, but it had not, because inside they found Florida man Michael Serrata sitting alone in the front passenger seat. Serrata refused to give a breath sample. Surprise, surprise. But deputy said he had the odor of an alcoholic beverage, quote, emanating from his facial area, end quote. <laughs> from his facial area. Is that cop speak or what? From the uh, proximity yep. of the facial. Yeah, as, as well as bloodshot, watery eyes and a slurred, delayed, repetitive speech pattern, according to the affidavit. Multiple open alcohol containers were observed between Serrata's legs as well as in the front cup holders. Officers said the suspect was unable to speak based on his level of intoxication. Officers from the Cape Coral Police Department were called to assist, and while they were waiting for the backup, a deputy observed Serrata reach between his legs, grab an unopened beer, and crack it open right there on the spot in front of the cops. Now, <clears throat> hey, man. When you're thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> the deputy attempted to grab the head for the mountains, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, head for bush beer. <laughs> the deputy attempted to grab the open can from Serrata when he began to resist and pull away. Once they got him out of the car, standardized field sobriety evaluations could not be completed due to the suspect being This is this is a short sighted and I'm quoting here. This is a short sighted police officer. Yeah. Because yeah. if you just let him drink a little bit more at yeah. that point, these gonna be easier to take in. Well, even at this point, he was quote, unable to support his own weight. <laughs> and continuously was actively resisting deputies. After a brief investigation, the deputy found probable cause to, uh, to arrest the man. Charges included driving under the influence and resisting an officer. The Florida man apparently resisted enough to wind up with some minor abrasions, so he was taken to Lee Memorial Hospital as a, quote, disorderly subject. 
end quote, uh, when he required the, where he required the assistance of security guards and a wheelchair and ultimately went to the Lee County Jail in apparent good health and without further incident. Now, back at the scene, before the Mercedes was towed, deputies took photographs of multiple open containers of Michelob Ultra in the cup holders Dude, how much of the Michelob car's Ultra? center console. Wait yeah. a second. How yeah. much Michelob Ultra well, do you need I'm to telling drink? You, this raises a number of questions, and that is the most piercing one. How many Michelob Ultras do you have to drink to get that completely wasted? Dude, I'm, that's a show right there. That's a show we have to do. <laughs> I mean, they come in a 30-pack, I think. Uh, would that do it? Like, Or, or is there a 50-pack? And, and oddly enough, that 30-pack weighs just as much as a 12-pack from any other company. <laughs> I mean, do they come in a 50-pack? I'm not even convinced that that would get the job done. You know what I'm saying? The report does say there were several open 24-packs of Bud Light in the car as well. So, uh, you know, not much better, but it might have helped him uh, along the way. In any event, I certainly hope that Sereda enjoyed his extremely weak beers. Because as we all know from being told so in countless advertisements, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Reporting live from the holding cell in Lee County, Florida, where there's some guy in here who really needs to pee. Uh, my name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. So, yeah. How much Michelob that, that, Ultra? That's a show I mean, all because, its own. Because he How was, much he was He was S-faced. I mean, he wasn't just like a little <laughs> yeah. gypsy, Oh, right? yeah, dude. Yeah, he was completely that's gone. That's hammer effed. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, so I just want to mention that this Oak and uh, Eden Ryan Spire is the oh, name of this whiskey. Oh, my gosh. It's so uh, good. These guys are from Bridgeport, Texas, this distillery. And they call this finished whiskey because, and I don't know, Ian, can we? Just make sure I want to show that to the camera in the easiest so way so they can see to, that spire. In I, I there. can't tell on the camera. Yeah. See, is, uh, is this one better? Yeah, there we go. Maybe we'll switch over to that one. Uh, uh, John says that one. See the oak you, right? You can see the in spire there. in there. Yeah. Uh, so that's how they that's how they finish it. it. Rather than putting it into barrels, it's finished in bottle. And uh, I got to tell you, this is really really good. Ian. Yeah, this, this is, is not a. a this is going uh, to be a very soon purchase for mm -hmm. me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and this is this is by the way label batch number three, bottle one thirty seven. Yeah, so they've got and that bottled in ninety here. proof, so and a little, from, little over proof. Yeah, forty three percent a, a, a alcohol by volume, and uh, you know it's got That's a little so bit good. of that uh, of that overproof vibe to it, mm. but not a lot. It still goes down pretty smooth. I love the my favorite one of my favorite things about it just mm -hmm. the aftertaste is mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. Like wow, because it's that bubble gum and that uh, mm, that um, spice, that rice spice. spice. Yeah, the rice spice, which just comes back. Nice little whiskey hug, not too, not too embarrassing, but it's there. The problem I'm going to have is when I bring this home, my wife. Not only does she love rye whiskeys, but she's going to taste this and be like, <laughs> "I'll never see it again." <laughs> that's that's pretty good. It's like when I bring home any whistle pig, it just kind of it's kind of like kinda throwing it out in the backyard sure. or I something. Understand. So I uh, want to talk about something. We don't do a lot of politics here on the show, and try to remain, you know, reasonably neutral on on political things, except if we get really pissed off. But I don't know how to take this. Uh, as those of you who watch anything political know, um, former President Donald Trump is running for president again. And even though the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has not, as of this show, declared that he's running for president, he is assumed to be Trump's biggest rival, right? So Trump, as he normally does, is kind of like going after him. You know how politicians do. They go in after him. So he said of DeSantis... That DeSantis begged for his endorsement back 
when he was running for governor uh, of Florida. And Trump says if he hadn't given DeSantis his endorsement, that DeSantis would be working at a pizza parlor or working in a cigar shop right now. Now, I find this remark, usually I just ignore what Trump says. I like both pizza and cigars. I find this disparaging on two levels. I like both pizza and cigars, and some of my favorite people in the world work in cigar shops. You know what I'm saying? I mean, (laughs) is that supposed to be a... I mean, clearly he's trying to, like, you know, knock him down a notch. So that's a pejorative, right? He's he's trying to say you must be a dummy if you work yeah, in a cigar you know, shop. I don't, I don't understand know. the whole the whole anti-smoking lobby yeah. is such a powerful thing. Like, mm-hmm. it gets so much voice. And I think it's—I don't think it's a huge part of the populace. I think it's a smaller part of the populace that has a lot of— energy. You know, I think they found certain things that did resonate with a lot of people. Like, you know, if you're not a smoker, for example, secondhand smoke is not something you're going to enjoy. Agreed. So I understand Agreed. I understand that they found something that resonated with people. But by and large, most people are fine with other people smoking as long as they're not doing it like blowing the smoke Directly in their face. Directly by them. Those exactly. You yeah. know? And, and in terms of cigars, how many people do you know that don't smoke cigars or cigarettes but they'll tell you, oh, I love the smell of a cigar. Now, not everybody, sure, not everybody. yeah, but but there are plenty of people I know who and when don't I, smoke. When I go out, but to they love smelling a, a cigar. A brewery that I'm or somewhere that has a patio, I go find the farthest corner. If there's anyone even remotely close, I will literally walk up and ask them, "Hey, do I you mind?" Absolutely, do that. And if as they well. say, "Yeah, it's not my favorite thing," I go, "You know what? That's fine. And yeah, I'll put it in my pocket." But I will tell you this: if I'm there smoking first, and you come up and sit in the vicinity of it, I will not take your complaint seriously. Yeah, if I'm standing if I was there, there first, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm over there smoking, you come sit down, and then you complain about smoke. I've got no love for you. Yeah, exactly. No love yeah, for yeah. you. At all. You could have sat anywhere. You sat yes, here. Don't yeah, don't bother no. me. Yeah, ha. don't. <laughs> so uh, was in New Orleans this last weekend, as I may have mentioned, and certainly enjoyed doing some doing some smoking. And went to the Crescent City Cigar Shop there, which nice. is good. And picked up a few things that I'll be uh, smoking and talking about in upcoming. Uh, um, uh, episodes of the show because I hadn't seen them before, so uh, so excited about uh, excited about that. So, all right, we are going to take a break. When we return, we are going to wrap up the show, and we do have, uh, I think, one more uh, one more beer to taste. So I'm oh, pretty man. psyched about this that. This whiskey is so good. I know it'll be interesting to see how this goes with the uh, uh, milk stout. Oh, uh, I bet it's going to that we're that we're going. Actually, it's, it's not a milk stout; it's just an imperial stout called Wake Up Dead, and we'll try it next. Smoking and Toasting, uh, show number 322. Oh, yeah. All about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And by the way, this is only our second show that we've been on the Audio One uh, radio network. And we still have no idea what radio stations are airing the show. Uh, email us. If you hear us, email exactly. us. Let me know where you're yeah, at. If you're hearing us on the radio, please do us a favor. Email ST us and let us know. rfcmedia.com. Please do that because we have no idea. We'll get a list from them at some point, and then we'll be able to do that Casey Kasem thing like smoking and toasting is heard on great radio stations like WXYZ, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, WXYZ (laughs) isn't in Altoona. But anyway, we definitely want to be able to, uh, uh, you know, to communicate with and and talk to our listeners around the country. So if you're joining us for the first time, thank you. We appreciate it, and uh, we hope you'll come back. And if your favorite cigar shop
Shop is a TAA member. That's the Tobacconist Association of America. Oh, they Be on the, the exclusives. lookout for a brand new addition to the Casa Magna line from Casada that nice. debuted at that TAA trade show this week and will be available only at TAA retailers. And Casada makes great cigars. The Casa Magna Liga F Toro Box Press TAA 2023. It's a box press Toro measuring six inches long by a 54 uh, ring gauge. It's the first Dominican made Casa Magna, and now they're adding a very new uh, uh, size and shape. That's what Manuel Casada said. He added that blending a, a press cigar gives different notes and intensities using the same tobaccos as the original. So it's, that's an interesting thing. A box press cigar is going to have a different flavor than a round cigar. This is not using unheard the, of. Using the exact same not tobacco. Not unheard. Are you a tea drinker at all? Here, yeah, yeah. I'm not totally a tea drinker. I like iced tea yeah. and stuff like that. But I do know this. Um, if you steep tea with a tea bag mm-hmm. and you pull it out and you uh, get rid of the tea bag, you get one flavor. But if you squeeze that tea bag, sometimes. If you mash it, yeah. If you mash, mash leaves, it, you right? can get some bitter flavors or some mm-hmm. off flavors that you don't want, or just different flavors depending right. on the tea bag. So uh, the difference is sometimes when you press something, when you uh, it, you kind of extract some oils or intensify uh, those things. So that's not yeah. totally unheard. That of. makes sense, and also the shape uh, affects the burn of it a does. cigar, and so that's going to affect the way the flavors work as well. So speaking of flavors, at ten point two percent alcohol by volume, we are tasting the flavors in Woke Up Dead Imperial Stout from the very uh, the very awesome Left Hand uh, Brewing Company. I don't know where they came up with the idea from Left Hand, but I love Wake the whole dead. talk to the hand. Left thing. Hand Brew, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, not a lot of information on here other than that. Uh, bold yet smooth with notes of dark chocolate, dried fruit, and coffee. All those things oh. are absolutely true. And holy crap, this is delicious. So, um, Ian, the first thought I had was I can't believe this came out of a 12-ounce bottle. It's the kind of flavor I would have expected from a big bomber or one of the you know huge cans or, right. or something. The fact that you could buy a four-pack or a six-pack of this is kind of crazy. It's delicious. Um, so it, it does a few things. First off, uh, Left Hand has this beautifully creamy, delicious um, kind of uh, mouthfeel to it. Right. It's got a darker the, it's sort of It's under... odd because the bubbles are a little bit big. If you're watching this on video, you'll see the bubbles are a little bit big, but they don't come across the palate that way. Mm-hmm. They come across much smaller. Um, the second thing is uh, that dried fruit. Uh, note there, there's a bitterness, like a dark cherry it's right, bitter. It's right before you get the coffee finish. Right, and it's delicious. And then the coffee finish comes up with its own coffee bitter, but mm-hmm. it's a different bitter. Different than the dried fruit, agree. And if you're yeah. turned off by bitter, please don't be turned off by this, because the truth is, this is really, really a nice finish with a little bit of sweetness that just lingers. And a, pardon me, it's a, a little bit of a woodiness to it. That, it's a It's a bitter bitter. It's a better bitter. Yeah. So it's a slightly astringent bitter too, but it's yeah. really, really gentle I'm and uh, friendly. Did so it. left That's... hand, good job, guys. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I don't remember if I told you this on the program or not, but uh, went out with uh, my wife and I went out with a friend of ours and found ourselves at Platypus Brewing uh, here in the Greater Houston area. Yeah, you know, and, you and found you, yourself yeah, there. Yeah, that yeah, place, that yeah. place is great. Yeah, I didn't direct myself there at all. No, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> I found myself at Platypus Brewing, but they had, and it was something served only at the brewery. They had an Imperial Stout. 
that blew my flipping mind. You told mind. me about that. You remember it was you, so you were good. so excited about it. You texted me. You were like, man, From you got to try yeah, this. You gotta try this. So, yeah. so I need to make it better. So I double checked. It's not available in any stores or, or retail. It's only at the uh, brewery. Yeah. But I asked them to pass along a message to our buddy there uh, oh, and man. see if he would, uh, so see if he would uh, release it because that man, that was So uh, on here, by the way, they do have a list of ingredients on this beer. Remember mm-hmm. when uh, Bud Light, Budweiser was supposed to have their list mm-hmm. of ingredients? Mm-hmm. I think it was Bud Light. Yeah, that lasted about five that days. They, that they didn't do. Yeah, exactly. Um, this has the list of ingredients. Ingredients, Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, rolled oats, hops, yeast. Good job, fellas. Yeah, that's that's good. I think Delicious. Uh, I think maybe we'll start a new uh, a new tradition here on the show is that over the uh, rolling of the music for our closing credits, instead of credits, you can read the uh, list of ingredients of the last beer that we sampled, assuming that they're available on the bottle. In general, that won't take long because beer only has so many ingredients. Speaking of sampling, I noticed that you're availing yourself of a little more of that uh, oak and uh, eating. This is before I have to arm wrestle you for it after the show. Have a great week, my friends. (laughs) Our guest is Chris Morris next week. We are so psyched about next week's show. Cocktail time on Smoking and Toasting. Have a great week and uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Yeah! You never listen to anybody else